What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as clear up, hopefully, all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Today, we have another special guest. Anya, how are you? Hello, Eve. I'm doing well, thank you. I'm ex- feeling healthy and happy. There you go. Already a good start. Very good to have you on today. So I'd love to start these off by just kind of telling people like obviously who you are, what you do, and then reel it all the way back. I mean, you can go back all the way to when you were a baby, childhood, whatever, like how you got started in the health and fitness business. Okay. I like that you bring it all the way back to when I was a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's where it started. I don't know. Yeah. So my name is Anya Evanson and I am 25 years old. I am the general manager of a CrossFit affiliate in Mount Pleasant here called Frequency Fitness. So we do CrossFit, but we also do um, kickboxing, and we also just have a regular kind of high-intensity interval training program called Metcon. So it's basically just the metabolic conditioning portion of CrossFit. We've also hosted different things like boot camps, um, seminars, different types of challenges. So we, we kind of took the uh, the whole CrossFit out of our name just because we do incorporate so many other types of kind of fitness and just, you know, general. We want to be open to, to more in the general public rather than just like CrossFit athletes. So right. it's cool. I've been there about two and a half years and started out as a part-time coach, became a full-time coach, and now a little over a year ago, um, I became the general manager, so it's been a fun journey. Nice, congrats, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. It's really a place that I did not expect myself to be in because before this, I was an art student for the majority of my life. So when I was seven years old, I started playing piano, and in middle school, I I was uh, here in Charleston County School of the Arts for piano, continued the art school path into uh, SCAD, and graduated from there with a sound design degree with a minor in music composition okay then i went straight for fitness from there oh my god a natural evolution (laughs) absolutely that's awesome yeah i've heard uh, a lot of good things about scat right savannah right is where that is yes yep did you enjoy it there i did i really did even though i'm not really using my major now it was an extremely good experience i mean i highly recommend that school i learned a lot and yeah, they, they definitely know their stuff. Savannah's a beautiful city, too. I mean, I just biked everywhere for four years, so I didn't don't even need a car. It's close to Charleston, and um, very, very good professors and mm-hmm. good experience. I wouldn't have traded it for anything, um, but I, I really did give it my all, probably junior and senior year is when I really just, I took on all the projects. I tried to do everything I could to make sure, like, if I'm going to do this sound design thing for the rest of my life, you know, I want to make sure that this is what I love. And I just ended up kind of feeling in my heart, like, this is not what I love. You know, it was, it was just not bringing me the most joy. And I was a student trainer there at the college. And so I was probably more involved, honestly, in like the small fitness community that a art school is going to have. 
um, than my actual major, or I was just more interested in that, I guess. So I just realized that, you know, while I'm young and able, I think I just want to, I want to try this and I want to see where this fitness thing can take me. So when you say student trainer, what do you mean? I was just a, basically, a, I guess you could say a personal trainer, but you know, not accredited in any way. Like it was just kind of within the college gym. So just so you worked for the stuff. gym at the school. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that gotcha. was my like little part time gig as I was going through college there. Right. Was that your first kind of experience with doing that, or do you even have experience even before like training people or any kind of capacity? Yeah, no, not really training people. Um, I mean, I just worked out myself, but I was still pretty relatively new just to fitness in general because I really only started training when I was 18. And then I went to college like a year later. So, um, you know, I started out at Planet Fitness and really didn't know what the heck I was doing like when I started. Yeah. So college was really when I actually started, you know, squatting with a barbell for the first time and doing things so where did you learn about that stuff were you just completely self-taught and just kind of looked videos up on youtube like decided hey that that looks like a awesome iron pole i'm gonna put that on my back and see if i can squat with it a couple times <laughs> yeah you know? we, we actually had awesome coaches for being in art school we had some some really good like the director of intramurals and uh the coach that was kind of the strength coach for a lot of the sports teams like swimming and tennis within mm-hmm. SCAD you know they were always at the gym and so I learned a lot from them primarily and then uh, just other people you know I worked out with friends and stuff like that so really just kind of trial and error and experimentation that's um, awesome yeah that was it did you play sports there as well or did you play sports throughout your even earlier I did not play sports in college I was never on a team I did try I think I took like two intramural basketball <laughs> attempts. Sure. Like two, two uh, I guess, uh, practices, but I realized that I didn't want to do any sports. I yeah. just wanted to actually train, just kind of strength train, weight lift, things like that. Before that, in eighth grade and I think ninth grade, I played recreational soccer and basketball. Mm-hmm. So I really barely even consider that like me playing sports because it was very, it wasn't for it serious team or anything and like honestly I was pretty terrible <laughs> so yeah. it was just for fun but I did have a pretty strong love for basketball at one point soccer I was just no that was that was awful oh really that's, <laughs> that's my jam I always played soccer growing okay. up I didn't play in college through injuries but um yeah I mean I liked all sports like basketball is fun I just wasn't tall enough and I can you know jump two inches off the ground so that doesn't really <laughs> bode well for basketball but I was always fast so like that yeah. that helped but yeah if you can't make it in the basket also that's I, I definitely was, some <laughs> downside there <laughs> yeah I was a little better with hand-eye coordination than the foot eye yeah. coordination I guess so that's interesting like that's not you know interviewing a lot of people and just hearing a lot of people's stories whether it's like through fitness or whatever like that's very atypical of a story if you think about it you know like to pick up fitness and then choose it as a path and like obviously Mm -hmm. really bring it into your life as a whole without having a sports background is definitely something that you just don't hear that often which is cool yeah, I really don't know where it came from because my parents are also the least sporty people in the world. I mean, my mom now now does yoga and she does some running, but like, I mean, they I have never like liked any sports teams. You know, I've never been interested in any sports. It was mm-hmm. really just like I want to get strong. That was it. And I remember being like 16 and thinking that and like, I, you know, I want to go build some muscles. Like I'm sick of being this scrawny stick. Yep. But at the same time, 
I felt so young and like it was just weird for I guess teenagers to just go to the gym by themselves so I didn't I didn't get a gym membership till I was 18 because I figured I'm too young right and I and I kind of wish that wasn't the case you know now I think things are changing but that's how I felt so yeah things are definitely changing we get this conversation obviously in our clinic quite a bit you know some younger kids whether in high school or maybe even younger it's like can they strength train at this point, you know? And we definitely were told a lot of things, speaking of misinformation, that like, hey, if you do significant weight training when you're younger, you're going to stunt your growth, right? Or you're going to, like, the chances of injury are much higher when it's literally the opposite, right? So if you incorporate these strength training programs at a young age, you know, and and I'm not saying you put 400 pounds on a a kid's back who's never squatted before, but, you know, kind of working on, you'd know this better, but like movement quality first, right? And building them up, they can, yeah, Absolutely. totally. I mean, it's kind of like PE in school. I mean, we would do strength training there. You right. Know, that was, you know, you're young then. Yeah. So like. Why couldn't you, yeah, do it on a regular why basis? Why couldn't you do it at the gym, like outside of school? Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You're right. When that age too is definitely weird to see people before college be in a, in a gym setting, period. I'm yeah. just trying to picture it in my head, like, yeah, you go to Gold's Gym and just picture these, you know. Kids. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Now, I do feel like it's good to have coaching of some sort. Mm-hmm. So whether, you know, when you do go to the gym, really when anybody goes to the gym for the first time, I feel like they need a coach. Like, I just feel like group fitness is really the future of fitness for some for multiple reasons. But A, because you're just going to accelerate what you're capable of so much quicker and learn so much quicker because I mean it really did you know I'm still learning now but just the first few years of my training really I feel like I I really didn't know what I was doing yeah and and it was kind of like me figuring out by myself but if you just go to somebody that knows you know you are you are bound to stay safe and you know actually get results quicker too yeah totally I think that learning curve is steep for sure and yeah could you probably figure it out on your own it would probably take you months if not years and like just like you said we're always continuously learning and it's going to be the zigzag crazy shape or would you like to kind of go from point a to point b kind of directly and sometimes personal training may not be cost effective so like group training Mm -hmm. you know is beneficial in so many ways but that's definitely one to actually get somebody's eyes on you and be able to guide you in the right direction yeah for sure seems like more of a straight path to me thankfully youtube is also i mean you have every single exercise on youtube out there now you just got to make sure that you're following the right people that aren't demonstrating the wrong way right and i guess a newbie wouldn't really know that but there still is you know as long as you follow the the more professional youtubers i guess yeah yeah that's what they're talking about definitely a way to vet it out if you know Shout out to myself, Made to Move PT on YouTube has 700 plus videos at this point of pretty much, my goal is to have every single movement, which is pretty much impossible, but <laughs> we're going to keep trying forever, yeah. right? Just have thousands of videos. So That's like awesome. bench press, yeah. you know, incline, whatever, like pick a movement and should be on there and hopefully they, somebody can look at it and be like, okay, that's how you're supposed to do it and yeah. showing people, you know, what may be a less efficient way. I don't like the word wrong, right? I'm a little picky, right. but like... Maybe not an ideal way, and then here's a way that you know we know is a little more ideal kind of going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you got your path, you're, you're a student trainer. What happens like immediately, like is that you go straight into CrossFit and 
part-time in frequency fitness, like directly after that? Was there anything in between there? So in between there, I, uh, I sold a little cottage cheese. <laughs> you sold cottage cheese? That was my first job out of college. I sold cottage cheese. How do you sell cottage cheese? I was a brand ambassador for this company called Good Culture, and I would stand in Whole Foods with my little cart and like give out cottage cheese. That's samples. amazing. I'm pretty, like, it's, I'm pretty happy to be able to tell that story. It's like, yeah, when I graduated college... You know, the first thing I did was stand at Whole Foods and sell cottage cheese. Like, but no, it was, um, get some sales experience for sure. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd worked like retail pretty much before that, you know, at home and stuff. Uh, so really, yeah, I did not have very much fitness background. What ended up happening was I graduated and I realized in my heart and soul that this is not what I'm meant to do right now. And I didn't know what I was going to do. And I had kind of all these entrepreneurial ideas of like starting my own type fitness type business and helping teenagers. And, um, I remember being at our summer house, uh, my parents are basically, well, my whole family is basically from Finland. So when I graduated, we went to Finland. Um, and I was over there one night sitting at the kitchen table with my mom and it's maybe two months now after I've graduated. And I just broke down to her and I was basically telling her, mom, I know I just graduated and you guys basically just spent all this money on me to get this amazing education, but I just, I need you to trust me like this. I am going to do great things and it's going to be okay. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I promise I'm trying and I promise I'm going to get somewhere. And what she told me was... Anya, I think you just need to find a community of people and and uh, get help from, from other people because you're trying to come up with all these ideas that are so grand and vast and that you're going to do yourself. And, you know, just, just find a community of supportive people around you. I think that's the first step. And I was like, okay. So what I did was that's a pretty same, positive response right there. Pretty to, positive. Now, yeah. my mom, I am so blessed that my parents are actually, have been as encouraging as they have. Um, but anyway, so that same night when I basically felt probably in my like darkest time, really, I was like, I can't, you know, I don't know where I'm going. Um, I looked up on Google, I I Googled teen fitness instructors in Mount Pleasant or in Charleston. That's what I Googled. And for some reason, frequency fitness popped up. I don't know why they popped up amongst, Mm -hmm. I guess the keyword teen, but I guess fitness instructor was on there and it was in, in a, a job um, application on indeed.com for them. I'd never heard of this gym and I looked at the credentials and stuff like that. And, you know, they had some credentials on there that I didn't even have, um, as far as like personal training and right. I guess CrossFit level one, I can't remember what else was on there, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to apply anyways. So I sent them my cover letter and my resume. And basically I heard back from the the general manager at the time and they asked me to come in for an interview when I got back from Finland which I did and then that's where it all began I, I got back and went in that gym and right then and there that day I was like this is the place this is where I need to be so it was it, it's kind of cliche I guess to say that you know in your darkest times you'll find the light but that's really how it was for me I felt like I was completely lost and in that moment of complete, just didn't know what was going to happen next, that's when kind of the answer came, and it was literally a Google search. So sometimes it's right. as simple as that. Um, but yeah, from there, that's that's where I became a part-time coach, and then, yeah. 
why Charleston? How did that even come? Like, well, because my parents lived here, so really we were just over there in our summer house. Like I said, we came back. Oh, okay. And I had your parents live here. Yeah. Oh, okay. I hadn't planned to stay in Charleston after right. I graduated, but I didn't. I guess I, I was just gonna go where the wind took me, really. Mm-hmm. And that's just so I googled that just because I mean I was living with them. Gotcha. I just looked around Charleston first. Yeah. So. And so your first generation, like both of your parents are from. My mom is from Finland originally. My dad is from New York, but his parents are from Finland and Sweden. So okay. he's, I guess, first generation. Yep. So, so you're like a one and a half generation? Exactly. I'm a one and a half generation. That's, that's totally a thing. Yeah, I'm first generation Swiss. Okay. Both, both my parents are, all their family is in Switzerland. Like I have, it sounds bad, but it does, like, I'm a pity party. But like I have no family here besides my parents. Yeah. They all live in Switzerland. That's how it's for me too, yeah. pretty much. I have one aunt in Naples. Do you? I have, yeah, I have like one uncle in Portland, Oregon. That's so funny. There's always one that came, yeah. yeah. But um, do ever, does everybody confuse you with Swede? All the time. Swede? Yeah, because people confuse me with being, because I've lived in Sweden and I have relatives in Sweden, they always, I, I always get Switzerland. It's like people cannot get this. Why is it the opposite though? It doesn't make any sense. I would just assume they would pick one or the other and be like, all right, Sweden for everything. But it's no, it's like if they hear Sweden, they say Switzerland. If they hear Switzerland, they say Sweden. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. That's some, there's some sort of psychology behind that, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, if I say anything, oh, like... Oh, I was like, I'm Swiss. Like, oh, what's Sweden like? I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) Like, no. I was like, actually, it's a completely different country, but that's okay. You know what I mean? And then you have that conversation. Um, It's it's definitely always a a fun one. So my question is, like, with all that, like, what is it about fitness or training or whatever that draws you in then, right? It's like, obviously, you had this other career. There has to be other things, you know, like there's a reason that you got to be so passionate about it. I mean, I'm sure there's a gut feeling that's involved, right? Like you definitely, you switch careers and obviously that was a very difficult decision to make, right? Mm-hmm. But got a lot of support, that's awesome. So there's got to be, I'm always curious just in general, what draws people to A, just helping people, which is awesome, and B, why choosing the modality of fitness and health? Yeah, well, that is a good question. I think that... <laughs> Really, as I started my path within fitness, you know, I just realized I was I was just becoming more disciplined. I was becoming stronger physically and mentally. And, you know, you just realize the healthier you get that healthy being healthy is freaking awesome. <laughs> you just feel I agree. amazing. Yep. And I guess I just wanted to spread that to other people so that everybody can feel amazing. Um, you know, it's I've also I guess, suffered from, for 12 years, I had a, a gallbladder problem to where if I was eating unhealthy things or just like too fatty, just, it was a lot, but essentially for 12 years, I would have these episodes in my stomach where I would go through extreme pain. And like when I, when it first started, when I was around 10 and for the next few years, I would be throwing up at night. I mean, it was cause it was just from the pain. Right. And I didn't, I didn't understand it at all. And um, when I started exercising several years later, um, I realized that exercising would help with this issue. Mm-hmm. And I think it, what it did was it kind of kickstarted my metabolism, right? So I was able to just digest better. And this, <clears throat> these problems really made me focus on my diet 
more than the average person. Sure. And I had negative feedback immediately. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, I didn't want to be this healthy eater. Like, honestly, I just wanted to go out and enjoy pizza and cake and soda and all these things with my friends and, and my stomach would give me these horrible reactions. And so finally, I guess after years of fighting against it and just going through the pain, because I was like, you're, you're not going to have control over me. I'm going to do what I want. Sure. I finally just decided like, this is, this has gotten to a point I can't like, this pain is too intolerable. Right. So when I was a junior in college, I ended up going to the ER one night. This was kind of the final straw for me. I went went to the ER because I was hurting so badly, like no other time. I felt like I was about to have an intestinal obstruction. Like I thought I might just like die. Sure. So after that episode, I was like, I really have to fix this. I cannot keep living like this. I am hurting my insides. And even then I was eating generally healthy. I'd been working out now for a few years, but it was still just trying new diets and tweaking my diet. And, and, uh, you know, I had already cut soda out like several years back and just different things. But this whole issue really, really made me fine tune my diet so specifically to where now, finally, 12 years later, um, I'm eating just like exactly how, how I need to be eating and I don't experience any pain and it's really just eating whole foods, <laughs> staying away from sugar, eating healthy and that's that's honestly taught me so much of what mm-hmm. I guess health really is and, and being able to intuitively listen to your body. So it's been a little bit of a, it's been a gift and a curse because I went through so much pain but at the same time I really don't know how healthy I really would be or how much I would have learned about nutrition had that never happened. So that kind of, to answer your question, the long, the long story. Oh, the great story. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it forced me to, into becoming yeah. as healthy as I am now. So that was definitely one factor. That was definitely like the biggest nutrition factor, I guess, for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this is going to sound, maybe sound bad. I don't know. But like, I definitely think it's a gift. And I think if there was an, an, a great way to do that to some people, like giving them that negative feedback almost yeah. immediately. Like, cause we get a negative feedback when we eat bad, like right. hey, relatively healthy. Sometimes we'll eat a couple cookies. Yeah. Yes, it feels great, but immediately I feel bad, but not to your extent. Yeah. So like most people will just, just like what you did, suffer through it and just continue to feel mm-hmm. just a little bit of bad. They're obviously delaying that pain because later down in life, we know this unequivocally. They're going to have a lot of pain and discomfort later. It's just so far in the future, they will not make that immediate change. 100%. Right? And so, like, A, you do what you do is hopefully facilitating that change for some people. And, I mean, if I can find a way to, I mean, whoever figures that out is going to be a millionaire. But, like, get people to make a change immediately. And, yeah. you know, that negative consequence, I mean, it's still like that now, right? I'm assuming, like, that your body will has not oh, changed yeah. or adapt. I how to eat, like, I mean... If I went out to eat really, un- like if I went to McDonald's today, I- I'd be feeling that for probably like a week. Goodness. There's no way. I have not eaten fast food in years. Do you know what's like, you know, specifically just from trial and error. So this one thing that I love is, and I'm a big bone of a lot of nutritionists we talk to and everybody we talk to, honestly, through this podcast is like so much of what we do to be healthy is trial and error. Like a doctor's not going to tell you yeah. like... Your coaches may help you, right? But like, they're not going to tell you either. It's like figuring out what specifically works for you. Yeah. Not, you know, go on this generic diet or like 
Again, exactly. those things can guide you. I'm not saying yeah, they're not yeah, beneficial. It's, it's nothing wrong with trying different ones, but it's no one fit, no one size fits all. Right, and that yeah. personal of like, what's the best litmus test to see if you feel good or not? It's like, do you feel good or not? Like, yeah. take a kind of inventory and be like, do I feel good right now or do I feel crappy yeah. right now? I just ate or I just didn't work out or I just sat all day. Like, yeah. if you feel crappy, you probably need to change it. If you feel good, keep doing that one thing. Yeah. So simple, yeah. but so difficult to do. I, don't, I just don't think people really are aware. Like, right. they don't try to be aware of it. Because you can bury it. Because it's not that bad. It's like, yeah. I can feel. Um, like, I here's an interesting story, or probably most people's, yeah. somewhat most people's story. In college, obviously, I drank way more, right? So, like, just drank, right? Mm-hmm. So, I could work out. I still worked out then. So, I could work out despite drinking a lot that night. I would still wake up next morning. I could still work out. So I was just used to it. And I, we just had an open house, so I had like one or two drinks before, not a lot, but like the next day, I could barely function. It's like, how did I drink, probably, let's be honest, six to 10 drinks, maybe more, and then go run 10 miles, used to do that. Now it's like, (laughs) your body can just get used to so much punishment. And that's obviously a blessing that we can deal punishment and keep going, but like, in this case, sometimes it can be obviously a big curse because you can just keep going with bad habits and, yeah. and not feel the effects until you're 40, 50, 60, right. 70, 80, 90 sometimes. Exactly. And, and you're so right with that. We can get away with that type of stuff when we are younger. And there's no age, I guess I could say, that like this is when yeah. the transition happens. At 35. You can't get away with it anymore. Yeah, something happens. <laughs> but it's somewhere around there, yeah. And people, at that point, it's so hard to change because you basically have to unlearn everything that you've done your whole entire life. And to change, I mean, it's like the quote, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks because you become so programmed to be this certain person and behave this certain way and eat this certain way to where if you're 35, 40 years old and suddenly you realize the weight is creeping up and your energy levels are just shooting down, that's going to be really hard. And it's, you really do need professional help almost, I'd say in, in most cases in that you know, when you're in that situation, because it's, you know, like I said, you're going to have to unlearn all of these old behaviors, all these emotional triggers. So hard. I mean, yeah. And the, and the pain is still, even at that point, probably not too intolerable. So people will still continue to mm-hmm. be yep. unhealthy. Yep. I try to look at it through this light and I have a follow-up question to this, but like, you're going to be in pain no matter what. I'd much rather be in pain <laughs> yeah. doing like, you know, this terrible workout that we just did, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Trying to do snatches of 95 pounds yeah. just, you know, for the three minute rest. But I'd rather be in that kind of pain than the pain from like eating McDonald's. Like that's, yeah. there's multiple ways to justify it to yourself. But like, that's usually how yeah. I jump. Like I'm going to be in pain anyway. I might as well be in pain for something that's making me feel better later. Dude, yes. You know? that, that reminds me of one of my favorite quotes. There's either the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Yeah. I like that. Oh man. I'm going to remember that one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's something you said earlier, and it kind of went by the wayside, but, like, I love that you said, like, treating other people or or helping other people is also a really good way to keep yourself disciplined, too, right? Like, using that as, like, a way, I mean, same thing for me, like, as a physical therapist, I'm sure there's other people that are different, but I want to move a certain way, look a certain way, and I think that's very important to be an example of what I want people to do, and so it helps you in your life, which is awesome you know oh for sure yeah I mean this job that I have is definitely teaching me obviously to practice what I preach I can't 
be helping these other people, telling them one thing, and then go out the door and do something different. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's what I try to tell other people, and I, I always have to go, you know, on some sort of tangent about the current healthcare system. I'm sorry already. I'm sorry. But, like, <laughs> that's a big thing that I, you know, I don't probably don't tell people. Maybe I should more, but, like, if your doctor is giving you health advice and your doctor, as smart as he or she may yes. be, right, and they're so valuable – we need doctors. I love doctors. But if they look a certain way and they're trying to give you advice on how to be healthier and they may not look like somebody who's healthy, I may just seek out somebody who may, you know. Go to somebody who already is healthy. Right. That's okay. But there are also healthy people maybe give bad information too. So there's that side of the coin. I couldn't say that. But like, yeah. I think in all likelihood, you know, leading by example and find someone who's, they probably got something figured out and like yeah. you can probably learn a lot more from them possibly yeah. then from no, for sure i mean i hear you 100 percent, and i yeah. think a lot of what doctors will are there for are to kind of cure symptoms i mean if, if your doctor is giving you advice on how to be healthy and i've heard this and i've read this in in the news more more recently that more doctors are prescribing exercise to different individuals to, mm-hmm. to get over this or that um, I mean, I think that eating healthy and exercising really is like the cure to basically everything. So, uh, agreed. <laughs> so, so doctors that are prescribing that, it's like awesome. But like, if you're taking a pill to become healthier, what what is, you know, how how is that actually helping you? Right. So, it yeah. is not. It's in a passive modality. There's no like your body does not typically respond to any kind of passive change. It needs right. to be an active change. That's just like, I don't know. Right. I'm sure that's some sort of rule of physics or thermodynamic like you know like ask yourself you know what is the most natural way for me to help myself here like yeah just yeah yeah we could go that's a whole like we just talk an hour just about specifically (laughs) that of right you know and so the again digressed rants all around i am semi-obsessed with this lately and it, it comes down to physical therapy comes down to personal training comes down to group fitness whatever but like Give me some insight, maybe personally, like what you've maybe noticed with other clients or what you've seen, but like, what are some of the things that you think facilitate change, right? So like within people, right? Because that's the hardest part, right? Like you got an immediate negative response, like operant conditioning, Pavlov's dog, you know, you ring the bell, dog slot, like that was, you're probably going to change if you get that, but like it's much harder in people who may not get that immediate negative or sometimes positive mm-hmm. immediate response. So like, are there anything that you, you know, for somebody who's listening and struggling with change or like wants to do the next step and maybe feels frustrated, like, you know, are there any things that you specifically talk about with some of those clients or that you say to them or that work um, to, to get them to start facilitating change? Cause it's, yeah, it's hard. It sucks. But yeah. Yeah starting anything for the first time is going to be the hardest part you know just initiating Mm -hmm. the change um, getting the ball rolling so either people can change in a state of joy and inspiration or they can change in a state of pain and suffering and usually people do kind of wait for that pain and suffering right if it's the more of an emotional response or an emotional trigger somebody's going to have towards something the more they're going to actually pay attention to the kind of root cause so Basically, if, if somebody gets handed a diagnosis, like, you have diabetes, you know, or they go through some trauma or crisis, you know, 
that type of emotional impact will most likely make them change um, rather than like small little incremental like pain here, pain mm-hmm. there, but like something drastic. Getting rock bottom, right? Like yeah, something similar. Getting rock bottom, something drastic. That obviously changes people. But you can also change in a state of joy and inspiration. And I think people need to realize that that, that is a possible thing. You don't need to wait for the pain to become too unbearable. Um, and, and finding that type of joy and inspiration, I think, involves being around people that are going to inspire you and support you. So being around a supportive group of people, again, going back to group training or just having a coach, somebody that's there to motivate you, hold you accountable, maybe somebody that's a role model to you. Um, I think that definitely helps rather than just trying to do something all on your own, also not knowing what you're doing, you know, and not kind of having that human contact or human encouragement. And then really just trying out different things because some people will try to get fit or healthy and they'll be like, okay, what all I need to do is like go run, you know, and eat like a salad because, you know, that's, that's free fitness for me, first of all, and like, you know, salad's going to not be so good, but whatever, I can do that. So people start doing something like that, or they go to the gym and get on an elliptical. Um, but it's, like, boring. Oh, I hate ellipticals. You know? It's, like, so, the worst machine so invented people, by anybody ever. But. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> so people might think that fitness and being healthy is just this lame thing. But really, it's, like, just try different things. Like, you know, you might be a jujitsu person, and you never knew it. You know, you might love cycling. You might love swimming you might love crossfit you might love um, getting strong which obviously you yeah kind of use that you know try these different things until something clicks and you realize hey this is fun because that's what fitness really should be it should be fun like i don't do this just to be like healthy because i'm obligated to stay healthy because i want to live a long life like i freaking love working out you know yeah and you know finding crossfit has, has just changed my life because it's just so so fun for so many reasons. But I think there is something for everybody. I think there is a way, and people just need to find that way. And if, if, that, if you just hate running, like, don't start off with running. You know, don't make this something terrible for yourself that you're going to just suffer through. Um, so that's, I guess. Yeah, that's a great answer. I mean, and the good thing is there are so many options now, right, with the, you know, commercialization, of fitness, which has pros and cons everywhere, right? But like, yeah, you have bar class, you have yoga, you have yeah. boot camp, you have kickboxing, you can go hiking, you can ride a bike. Like, yeah, I think there is a lot to be said about making that mind shit. Mind, hmm. <laughs> damn, yeah, mindset shift. I kind of combine those two words. <laughs> I like that word. Uh, mind shit, yeah, mind that's great. Shit. <laughs> so getting over that and just finding something that you, yeah, really enjoy. I mean, that's... You know, I always, another rant I seem to go on a lot too is just like all the things that CrossFit did really well. And I think that's one of them is like making group fitness like a place that people want to go to. Their friends are there. They're having fun. They're celebrating PRs. They're cheering for each other. Was that happening before? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No, you know, we weren't at Gold's Gym doing bicep curls. Be like, yes, you just did your 15th bicep curl. Like, that's awesome. But, like, somebody gets a muscle up and the gym goes crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, that stuff is uh, pretty amazing to see. It brings about joy. And the other thing that I love, I'm going to piggyback off of it, is, yes, it's hard to start something. And you get that, you start it and you get that initial, like, good feedback, too. 
And then you have, which a book I'm reading right now, it's why it's fresh in my head. It's okay. called The Dip by Seth Godin. Oh, I've read that. Read that, yeah. right? And then you have this dip. It's with yeah. everything, right? It's like, I'm no longer getting stronger. I no longer like feel better. I've kind of plateaued and like everything kind of dips. And what gets you past that dip? And I think the joy can really get you past that dip. You know, it's like, all my friends are here. I really love going. Yeah. I may not be seeing these like body changes that I was seeing the first two to three weeks, but like, I love going, so I'm gonna keep going, right? right? Where I think the anger emotion does not get you as well through yeah. that dip, you know? If anything, it's gonna be dissat- like a dissatisfaction that's gonna serve as fuel, but yeah, even that yeah. is gonna be tough. So I think kind of what you're saying too, that made me think of like, there needs to be multiple layers and it kind of all, all of these layers are basically your why for it, you know? why you're doing it because the willpower and the motivation is not going to be enough sometimes like you're you're just not going to be motivated some days so there's just got to be something deeper beyond that that's going to help you get past that dip yeah yeah i uh i had an epiphany i don't know if it was a year ago two years ago it was actually from like tim ferris podcast is when it just hit me and i may have known this but never was able to like you ever had this like outward thought and be like, oh my God, that makes a lot of sense. Like I finally understand. <laughs> yeah. So um, willpower will not get you through really anything. Yeah. Like it just won't. Like willpower will eventually st- like stop. And I was like, huh. Because kind of you're told your entire life, like just do it. Like just keep going. Right. No matter how much it sucks, like just right. keep doing it. Like and eventually it'll just become a habit. And I was like, uh, that's not really how it works. Like easier said than done. Right. You know, there needs to be something deeper that kind of helps you get past it. That's not just willpower that will continue to do something. And the sooner you find that why or, you know, deeper cause or whatever, the more likely you're going to do something long term. You know, whether right. it comes to nutrition, or whether it comes to fitness, or whether it comes yeah. to relationships or business, whatever. Yeah, kind of going back to what you asked me earlier about what do I see in my clients that's made them kind of decide to finally make a change? A lot of the times it's they've seen somebody else in their family suffer from a serious chronic disease and they don't want to turn out like that. You know, it's kind of either you think you think you're doomed and you accept that fate because you're like, well, it just runs in my family and well, this is just who, what, who that's I'm such a tough to one be. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're that other person that takes that and says, okay, I'm going to do everything in my possible like everything possible to not turn out like that yep so that's that that's a lot of the big motivation for a lot of people too yeah and that's such a huge educational point because again i'm realizing that the amount of information and misinformation out there is huge like there's people that literally think that their genetics will determine their outcome no matter what they do yeah. Like they literally think that like I could exercise and eat as healthy as I wanted. I'm going to die of a heart attack at 50 because that's what my, you know, dad did. And my dad's dad did when like, that is 100% not true. Yeah. You know, like it has an influence. It's a piece of the pie. Right. But like, it's not your determining factor. It is not your genetics are not what make you like, we literally know it's for certain things. Like there are certain genetics that can be turned off and turned on yeah. based off your environment. Yeah. Like, you have 100% control of that stuff. Right. So and some people may need to work harder. That's yep. That's true, but right. that doesn't mean you can't do it right. or shouldn't do it. Right. Totally. Totally. Good rant there. I like it. Yeah. So the question I ask everybody, it's a good time to transition to it. What is your definition of a healthy person? 
I'm a healthy person. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to try to keep this answer short. Oh, no, you can go as long as you want. We got time. <laughs> I really didn't think about it. So yeah, that's okay. Yeah. For that. But a healthy person, I think, is somebody who consciously does things to take care of their their body, mind, and soul. I mean, it's becoming very in tune with yourself and your feelings and your body and listening to its needs and you know treating it with respect treating your body with respect and also working just as hard on you know almost should I say it mental health because what we tell ourselves I think in practicing different things like loving ourselves is honestly just as important and plays just as much of a role into us becoming an actually healthy person as does eating the right foods, Mm -hmm. you know, because what we believe about ourselves is going to determine what actions we take. So if, if we, you know, see ourselves as this fat person, we just cannot even believe that we are going to become something like whatever goal weight or whatever this healthy person is quote-unquote looks like you know in the future we don't believe that like we're not going to take the action steps to get there so I think it starts with really our minds and what we believe about ourselves and being able to actually practice telling ourselves that we are enough and just that we love ourselves Mm -hmm. um because I mean I, I used to definitely suffer from a lot of like body dysmorphic type issues where I didn't like what I saw in the mirror at all and I had to go through, I went through a lot of different exercises with myself because I realized I needed to change this. And kind of when I finally started changing my mindset and the more positive it became, like that's when more positive results came, even though I had been working out for years, let's say, you know, so um, just taking care of your mind, taking care of your soul in the sense that just becoming in tune with um I guess what you believe in kind of the universe. I don't know. I don't want to go too deep into all that, but um, another day. Yeah. And then obviously treating yourself with respect, eating the right things that are healthy for you coming from the earth and just staying active in whatever way that is for you that you can enjoy and is not a punishment to yourself. Right. So I like it. Yeah. I think the self-talk piece is something that is very underestimated. And again, just as we talked about before, like to make these changes long-term, willpower will give up. But like, if you have a positive self-talk, like that is what's going to make sure that you do this stuff Absolutely. long-term. Like it's it's probably the only way to really make that transition. Yeah. You know, like truly make that transition to what is healthy. Because there's definitely people out there who may be very regimented and eat a certain way and like maybe quote-unquote exercise a bunch. But like, you can also, this is another point of this podcast, look really healthy, look healthy, but not be healthy mm-hmm. because there's stuff underneath. You know, we had uh, another nutritionist on. It was definitely very evident about just certain um, athletes, and we won't name like any specific, you know, kind of athlete, but like that would, you know, they, they weren't healthy. They may have had a six pack and they looked, but they weren't mm-hmm. that way. So I think that transition definitely needs to come, you know, and I love using physical 
activity, movement, whatever, as that. I think it's such a really great way to like dig into that. It's like the perfect start, you know? Because you feel strong, like you're definitely more likely to have those talks with yourself and be like, am I going to pick up that bar? Am I strong enough? Oh crap, I am strong enough. Oh, Oh, what other areas can I be stronger? Exactly, yes. The, the, The principles that you learn within just like lifting and becoming strong physically translate into every single other area of your life, which yep. is also just, I mean, reason number 374 why I love fitness, because it's just so applicable to everything. Yep. I mean, you just become, yeah, stronger overall, more than just physically. Right. Let's do uh, some Spitfire. Okay. Ready? Let's go. <laughs> Do I need yeah. to drink a sip of water uh, here? Yeah, there we go. Here we go. Make it make it happen. These are pretty easy ones. They're just they're nothing crazy. Okay. What are you best at? In general, that's such a broad question. Yeah, that's why best I love it. At. What are you best at? Pick that like there's one thing. Like, I'm really good at this. Okay. Um, probably connecting with people. Great. What do you struggle with? What do you suck at? Mm-hmm. Besides eating McDonald's. <laughs> your body sucks at that sucks <laughs> digesting yeah oh gosh thinking uh probably believing that i have actually done enough like i i get very hard on myself so mm-hmm. i struggle with like even though i've improved a lot over the years i still like i feel like i struggle with just telling myself you know what you've accomplished enough for today you are you are fine where you are like calm down don't try to rush anything Holy crap, join the club. Yeah. Oh my God, all day long. Like I, there's multiple things that I have in place to make sure that that doesn't happen, but it definitely happens. Yeah. Like, and I definitely, that is probably the epitome, I think, of a blessing and a curse because it makes sure that I get a lot of things done today. Right. But if you're not satisfied with the work you've done, yeah. like what's the point, man? Yeah. Like, oh, that's a, yeah. Well, man, we could talk another hour yeah. just about that. <laughs> okay, moving on though. What is the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness. You can pick one thing only. What are they going to do? We've had a gamut. We've had, you know, the mental health side. We've had just, you know, just eat whole foods to, hey, just make sure that you're moving regularly. Like, you know, in your mind, someone comes up to you and they just say, all right, I can only implement this one thing. You know, I'm starting it's Square one, square zero, whatever you want to say. What should I do? You know, this might... I, I really don't know why this answer just came to me. I, I don't know if I will even agree with myself later on. <laughs> but can always do a round two. Maybe pick up a book by, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger or somebody that's a very inspirational type fitness person. I don't know. And read about them. Read about what made them excellent or you know just get inspired and kind of hear somebody else's story i think going from ground zero up Mm -hmm. you know um because if you pick up that one book and you get inspired that that'll hopefully inspire you to pick up another book and maybe go do something yourself but some sort of like it needs to start with a form of you know this, this gave me an idea to yep. do this. Get inspired. Yeah. Is, I mean, the book too, but like, yeah, getting yeah. inspired. I think there's also something to be said. I This has been coming up a ton, but like getting rid of the glass ceiling. You know what I mean? Like you're the one who broke the four-minute mile and all of a sudden everybody breaks a four-minute mile. Right. So if you can see or read about somebody else who's exactly. dealing with the same things you have and come out the other side, it's like, all right, I can do this. Like that can be that one yeah 
domino effect, you know? Yeah, and a lot of the times we just see people's kind of highlight reel, you know, so we've only heard about, oh, this guy finally broke the four-minute mile, but like, yeah. what did the rest of his life look like? Let's let's find out about that, yep. you know? Let's realize that the people that are successful and healthy and fit are just normal people that started at square one somewhere along the way also. Yep. If you want to pick up an inspiring book, David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me, Okay. I'm into that right now. Okay. It's You want to hear somebody who dealt with stuff that I can't even begin to fathom of what it's like to deal with. And obviously he's on the okay. other side now, Navy SEAL, all this stuff. Yeah. It's really good book. Okay. Yeah. I've listened to his interview with Tom Bilyeu. Okay. And heard his story, but yeah. I'm sure the book is phenomenal. Yeah, the book's really good. Yeah, he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> There's also another book, Living with a Navy SEAL. Mm. That like some, I don't know if he's a comedian or something, and David Goggins was that Navy SEAL he was okay. living with. So, But yeah, Can't Hurt Me, uh, David Goggins is a, you have to put that on your list. Awesome. Yeah, it's a good one. All right, fun ones. All right. Serious ones are gone. Okay. What is your walkout song? Oh, gosh. Do I say the same song that, oh, goodness. That you had with, uh, with yeah. Mesa? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> if that's your walkout song, you know, people have multiple or people have like, this is it. And like, every time I come out, this is what I want to listen to. Oh man, I don't know. Um, okay, I'm gonna go with the Black Caviar remix this time though, because I actually love that song. But there's also a remix that I love of it. What's so the song? Let's go, Boom by Tiesto and Gucci Mane. But now in this podcast, I'm gonna add the Black Caviar remix. Okay, got it, <laughs> got it. I'm gonna have to look that one up. I do not know that one. Except it's really not even a walkout song. It's like my favorite workout song. I can't. I don't know if I have a walkout song. <laughs> it's okay. We'll keep going. Okay. What's your favorite cartoon? Um, my favorite cartoon. Past, present. SpongeBob. SpongeBob. Two in a row for SpongeBob. <laughs> Last one, same thing, SpongeBob. Um, this is a good one. This would be a really good one for you. I, you've, I've been leaving this one out, but I think this one will be applicable to you. Okay. If you weren't a fitness professional, you could not be a fitness professional mm-hmm. or healthcare professional, what would you be? You gonna go back to mm-hmm. song, right? Yeah, kind of my automated answer was always like, uh, well, I'll be scoring for film. Yeah. Um, but maybe a, maybe like a, a serious uh, YouTuber. Maybe I'll just get into my YouTube. And sure, yeah. Go all in on that. I love your Motivational Monday, so I think you're yeah. good at it. Last TV show you watched? You know, it's, it's honestly been years since I even watched, like, a solid TV show. Really? I like it. Yeah. I okay. I don't watch TV, but probably The Office. Okay. I love The Office. We want to have it on repeat here in the clinic. Yeah. Last book you read? Last book I read was actually Conversations with God. Okay. Yeah. That's my way of nourishing the soul right there. So yep. there's, like, a, a trilogy of books, but Conversations with God, book one. Like, like it. Okay, last one. How can people find out more about you? Tell them where they can find out more. They can find me at Anya at, no, I'm sorry, Anya.Evanson at Instagram. Okay. Or at Anya.Evanson. Is that how you say it? <laughs> That's my handle. Yep, I'll link it to is, it in the show notes. It's yep. A-N-J-A dot E-V-E-N-S-O-N. That's my Instagram. Um, pretty much you can find me on Facebook, I guess, if you look yeah. up my name. There you go. You yeah. can find me on YouTube if you Google Anya Evanson. I actually have a YouTube channel. Like it. Where I post Motivational Monday videos. So I guess my Instagram and YouTube would be... Yeah, primary. check out the YouTube for sure. They're really good. Yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. This Absolutely. was fun. This was awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Don't forget your body is resilient, strong, and adaptable. The way to better health care and a healthier you is education and empowerment. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Maybe even leave some comments. Thanks so much.